Welcome to the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers with topics about people, careers and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our Director of Corporate Communications and All Things Fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our DHG podcast series. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host. And I love this venue because we get to focus on our life beyond numbers with stories about flexibility, careers, and of course, stories about our people. And I'm really excited to be continuing our inclusion and diversity focus with Women's History Month. You know, this is a month that we can reflect and celebrate on women at DHG and beyond. And we're continuing our DHG Hero Series this month highlighting some of the extraordinary women at DHG. Joining me today is Anastasia Halikov, a manager in our PSG group, Professional Standards Group, from Raleigh, North Carolina. She is such a passionate leader. I have had the great fortune of working with her on a few different projects, and her passion just shines through in no matter what she is faced with. And it's such a pleasure to have here with us today. She's a founding leader in our Parents Professional Network, which has been very influential over the past year working through the pandemic and parental needs. Welcome, Anastasia. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I mentioned the Parent Professional Network. What inspires you to take a leadership role with this group? Yeah, so I think to answer for this question, I need to give a little background. And so my first job out of college was working for a small nonprofit organization as a staff accountant. And it was actually in Fairbanks, Alaska. It was our first station when my husband was still with the U.S. Army. And you can imagine I lived in the United States, only North Carolina for my undergrad. And I was obviously away from my family. And this was the place where we had our first child. And so it was a very unusual situation, if you think about it, right? A lot of people would think, oh, my gosh, you're so far away from your friends and family. You're a new mom. It must have been, you know, pretty difficult. And the truth is I was actually very blessed. And when I say this, I mean I was working for an organization that was run by women and it was run for women because it was a breast cancer detection center. So you can imagine that, you know, I was – exactly, I was surrounded by – most of them were mothers for children of different ages. Some of them grown, some younger kids. And there was never shortage of advice. A lot of unsolicited <laughs> advice. <laughs> but it, from coming from a great place of love and care and kindness. And I, to me, it was very natural to be able to discuss you know, the challenges that I was facing as a new mom or the questions I had, the tips and advice. So obviously my experience re-entering the workforce was vastly different than for so many women there. Fast forward a few years, I started my job with DHG, and once again, I was very lucky because in my immediate office, in my assurance practice where I worked, I had examples of a lot of successful women in various levels, including very visible leadership roles for the firm, who were not only successful women, but also dedicated mothers. So once again, I you know, had access to, to this type of the mentorship and support, but after observing what, what I was seeing in some other locations or some other service lines, I was realizing that we're experiencing a lot of turnover related to that very big decision that women have to make about re-entering the workforce. And while my personal experience was very 
fortunate. My environment was such where I've seen a lot of examples of what it looks like to come out on the other side by staying in the workforce. Not everyone has the benefit of easy access to that. So that was my first realization that why not create a place where women can actually talk to other women who have made that decision and see what it may look like. Obviously, it's a very personal decision, but the truth is a lot of women make that decision without having all of the details and all the background information. A lot of it is just preconceived notions of you know, whether or not they're able to maintain their high-stakes, high-reward career and, and being a mother. And the truth is you can, and it takes a lot of tailoring to what fits you best. And, and that's what PPM, you know, that's the original idea for me. And gosh, it was it was very <laughs> inspiring to see immediate support we've gotten from so many people in the firm. And they immediately saw that it was a great need. And the work that you guys have done over the past year, I mentioned this earlier, but I mean, instrumental in changing our benefits, you know, letting our HR team know that, you know, our dependent care provider was not adequate for us and it wasn't going to be going forward and numerous other things related to flexibility and benefits. So grateful for all of your work there. So speaking of women and the pandemic, do you think that the pandemic is having an impact on women's progress in terms of career growth? I mean, I feel like we've come a long way And is the pandemic setting us back? And this question is not specific to DHG, but rather specific to the current world that we're living in. Right. So in my opinion, it's not really a question whether or not there is a negative impact. It's definitely pretty clear. These are facts. I mean, if we take a step back and and we see how many industries were impacted by this pandemic, a lot of women found employment in those industries. So Many lost jobs and those who kept them may have had to go down in pay or reduction in hours. And I'm talking about like retail, restaurant industry, hospitality, you know, those industries have been affected in a terrible, terrible way. And for those who did keep their jobs and managed to keep their jobs based on a variety of industries still out there, they were faced by this massive disruption to their childcare and their school system support, right? So even if you managed to keep your job, you now had to juggle all of this virtual schooling, right? So you're now no longer just an employee and a mom and you can compartmentalize those two roles. You actually have to do all of that at the same time. So, I mean, it's no question that women who have to juggle all these things today, you know, working women, and it's pretty much any working woman in pandemic now, you know, you think twice before raising your hand to be featured on a high-profile project or putting your name for a promotion because it will mean yet an additional effort and the time that you just simply do not have in the 24 hours allotted to accomplish all of those things every day. So for sure, there has been a huge negative impact on working women because, you know, they still bear the grunt of the child care and yes. that now includes schooling and taking care of your children's schoolwork. So it's a lot of work. And I don't think anyone was ever prepared for this. So it's definitely a bigger issue than any single company, any single family. And it cannot be solved in isolation, right? You know, one person cannot solve it. One company cannot solve it. It definitely demands a much larger conversation on a national level. I would even say international level. Yes, I totally agree because it is impacting women all over the world. I know you and I both probably have listened to the same NPR 
podcast that came out and it was talking about around the world some of the things that countries are doing now to help support their women in terms of being able to provide childcare. And they even talked about the United States in World War II set up some temporary preschools all over the country to provide free care so that during the war, women could join the workforce. And sadly, when the war ended, the women went back home. And so, you know, the progress that may have been made while men were out fighting the war then was, you know, eliminated once the free preschools went away. So I do think it's a conversation that's going to continue, not just for the next six months or 12 months, but for many years to come on the impact of the pandemic and what women can actually take on. You know, at DHG, our women are working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And on top of that, you know, have home care and child care for many. And so it just, I mean, it can't be anything but a challenge. So I agree with all that you said. Okay, so my next question for you is along these same lines. So, you know, we're facing this challenge. How can women help other women so that we don't lose that progress. And and this can be specific to DHG or, you know, from a worldview, whichever approach you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great point. And I think in my experience, I had been lucky with a lot of women who, quote unquote, made it <laughs> in their careers being very approachable to be mentors and being there to offer advice or even just, you know, bounce ideas off of when it comes to career decisions or even life work integration decisions. And I definitely encourage women on both sides, meaning women who are in the capacity to help, but also women who are seeking for help and advice to take advantage of numerous mentorship networks that are likely in existence in their companies. And I know for us at DSG, we have an advisory network, we have crowdsourcing solutions through PPN, we have Women Forward. I mean, there are a multitude of infrastructure opportunities already put in place by the organization. It's just a matter of tapping into them and reaching out and saying, hey, I'm available for, you know, coffee chat or, you know, a Zoom call in this case, you know, during pandemic. So I think women can just sort of start educating themselves what's available and understand that I don't think there is ever a woman, especially a woman in the position of influence and power that would turn away an opportunity to offer advice. Because I think a lot of women paved the way for us to be here in our career achievements that we have. And it's only natural for us to try and pay it forward. And I think DHG does a great job at doing this. And I think we also have a very important, crucial role to play in the society because we have, you know, dozens and dozens of women who are just graduating college and this is their first job ever in their life, right? So by showing them what is possible through those mentorship opportunities, through all the groups that I mentioned, and showing them that they're valued for for their talent, their ambition, their drive, and not for their gender, is a powerful impact. You know, all these women, you know, whether or not they stay with a company for, you know, here permanently or not, it's about changing the mindset, right? Telling them that they are important, they're valued, and women can do so by being approachable and reaching out. And it can be simple examples. I like to mention when I first started, and it was like a busy season, I think, 
I thought it was kind of frowned upon to ask to leave a little early that day to go pick up my child. <laughs> and I was afraid to sort of ask that during like the first week we were out on client site. And ironically, my peer, not even a woman in power, she wasn't a senior, she wasn't a manager, she said, hey, Anastasia, don't you have a son to pick up? It's okay for you to leave if you have to, just, you know, let us know when you need to leave. So she was the voice <laughs> that spoke those words out loud. Suddenly, it didn't seem like it's frowned upon. It didn't seem like it's, it's a bad idea. And honestly, like I said, there was no reason for me to think it was frowned upon. But it's kind of those preconceived notions that would come from, you know, based on our background, this is what DG is capable of changing, right? By showing that culture of women supporting women, regardless of, of your level and regardless of your position and knowing that we are there for each other. What a great response, especially at this time when we need connectivity more than ever. I couldn't agree with you more. That's right. So Anastasia has been selected as a DHG hero, and she is a hero. I mean, just listening to her her talk about, you know, some of the challenges that women face and what we can do to support them. And that coupled with the real boots on the ground work of the Parent Professional Network. And if you add on to that, serving the firm in our professional standards group, you truly are a hero. When we think of heroes, who would you consider a hero to you? And why would you consider them a hero? I think I have to say that it was my grandmother. Unfortunately, is no longer with us, but she was a huge influence for me when I was growing up. Due to various circumstances, she played a very important role in raising me. I lived with her for, for many years in my childhood. And she was a remarkable woman for many reasons. One of them being, you know, at a very young age, you know, college age, she decided to study history of Central Asia. And she, you know, left her family in Russia behind and she moved all the way to Uzbekistan. <laughs> so it was a big step for her. And then she represented an ethnic and religious minority in the region. So it didn't come you know, easy, right? There was a little bit of resistance, a little bit of discrimination here and there. And she carried herself in in a very dignified, graceful way. Her policy for everything was kindness and supporting all of the people that she encountered and tapping into her community, respecting the culture which she was surrounded by. And she became a, a very important leader for her community. She was one of the few women professors in her time, and I'm talking about like late, late 50s, early 60s, right? So she did a lot of things that were unusual to do as a woman and also due to the slightly cultural differences with her background. So I always think of her as this example of strength, grace, dignity, and she's just a great example to follow. And to be honest, I must say that another hero to me, especially now, that we have a child is my husband because oh. he, him and I, we met when we were very young, right? We met, we we're like college sweethearts. And I like to think that we sort of grew up together. You know, we had to figure out so many things together and, and to add to that layer. We were both international students, so our families were overseas. So a lot of things we had to make decisions about and deal with. It was just two of us. We had each other. And he was my biggest cheerleader all these years. And a lot of things that I have achieved, I definitely think he was the one pushing me and instilling that confidence in me. And why I say it's more important now than ever is because we have a son 
my six-year-old who is now growing up and seeing this role model as how women should be treated. So I think as much as he's a hero for me, I think he's even more a hero for my son. And when he grows up, he will probably understand it more. But yeah, I thought it was just important to mention that it takes both men and women working together to continue advancing the gender equality. And as men take more caregiving roles and support women even more, that's really a very important step to make these changes permanent. I love your responses, both of them super special. And and I just want to thank you for being a hero at DHG and for the work you're doing. And thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. And for all our listeners, thank you for being here for DHG's premiere podcast series. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our DHG blog for more great stories about our life beyond numbers. Join us next time for another edition of Life at DHG. DHG.